You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to a new episode of the Rua Space Podcast. I'm Phil Vestal. And I'm Erin Vestal. And we're so glad to have you here with us today, where we explore how we can make space for the Holy Spirit in our lives. In today's episode, we are launching the very first episode in our What Does the Bible Say About series. And this series is going to explore all different spiritual disciplines and what the biblical foundations for those disciplines are. So we want to look into what did our faith tradition say about different disciplines such as meditation, prayer, studying scripture, solitude, silence, and and know that we have a strong biblical case for practicing those disciplines. So um, today's very first episode is going to focus on meditation and we're so excited to have you dive into that. And basically how this is going to unfold is today we'll talk about meditation and there's going to be a, this podcast and there's going to be a blog post. It'll happen once a week amidst all the other podcasts and blog posts that we are releasing. And so an easy way to stay on top of it is you can subscribe to our email and we will send you every week uh, the links and the reminders for what has come out and where to find it so you don't even have to go searching. And if you do not want to subscribe to another email, what you can do is go to our website, ruaspace.com, and there's a current study section where you'll be able to find links to all of these resources as well. So you can expect to hear from us every week about, as we study what the Bible says about these different disciplines. And this first one will probably be about two or three months as we explore various different aspects of prayer. The study. Yeah, there's study. The what does the Bible say about, you know, getting into fasting, getting into celebration, service, as you mentioned, silent solitude, just a new one every week. And over months and years, we'll explore how to do all of those things. That's going to be kind of central to what we're doing is doing videos about it, more podcasts, more blogs, bringing people on to talk about it. We just want these episodes to kind of be the foundation that we can always refer back to in terms of why this is important, what's mm-hmm. happening, why we do it, and mm-hmm. where our scriptural basis is for it. Well, then let's just kick it off and start talking about what is meditation? It's a pretty big umbrella. <laughs> and yes, it is. There's a lot of misconceptions about what it is, and there's a lot of people that practice meditation in so many different ways. And I think many of them are really good, and we kind of will explore those over time. But for me, fundamentally, meditation is a listening practice. Like at its foundation, it is prayer. Mm-hmm. It's a form of prayer, but there's more of a focus on listening to ourselves and listening to God, listening to the Holy Spirit in us. Uh, it's really interesting because like 1 Corinthians chapter 3, for example, says, basically, don't you know you're the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Mm-hmm. So we know as believers, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. And meditation helps us in a sense connect with that and connect with that ruach, right? That, that mm-hmm. spirit within us. And we have to carve out those specific time then to listen. So meditation is often connected with silence where we take a posture of listening before God. Kind of that posture that we know in the Old Testament where they say, here I am, Lord. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the posture we take of 
not coming to talk to God necessarily, but coming to listen to what God has to say, but also to listen to what we have to say. Because we have thoughts swirling through our minds all of the time, right? And it can get us carried away. And meditation is a a, a specific time that we can set aside and even listen to our own thoughts. Listen to our own pains, our own fears, our own hopes, our desires, and not judge them, but become more aware of them. And so meditation helps us ultimately respond when something happens rather than react. I really love that distinction that meditation helps us respond out of a place of wisdom. I, I, I forget who it was, but I think someone said that wisdom like lives in that space between reacting and responding, that the more we can learn to listen to ourselves and the more we can learn to listen to God and become present in the moment, the more we can live with wisdom because we're more aware. Well, why am I thinking that? Why am I feeling that? What is God saying in this situation? And that's why breath is very central to meditation. So often as we go through different spiritual disciplines, one of the things we'll start with is take a second just to catch up with your breath. Which as we know from episode one, what is Rua, spirit and breath are connected. And so getting into the present moment is key in meditation because we're so frequently living in the past because of what happened mm-hmm. or we're living in the future out of fear or goals or dreams. And there's something important about saying, but all we actually have is this present moment. Mm-hmm. And so meditation and all of its forms that we're going to talk about is basically about becoming present to yourself becoming present to the moment, becoming present to God, listening to ourselves, and listening to God. And as part of that, we then take our thoughts captive, which is something that Paul tells us. He says that we ought to take, in 2 Corinthians 10, he says we need to take our thoughts captive to obey Christ. But can we take something captive that we're not even aware of or that we're not present to? And so meditation helps us get into all of those things, basically. I think at some point you had told me before that meditation is basically like an exercise for our brain and that every time we sit down and practice meditation, what we're doing is we are building up a habit. We are training our mind so that it is aware of what's going on around us and it's also able to reflect on what is true and good and right which is another scriptural foundation for why we should meditate. But if we haven't taught ourselves in this quiet spaces where we're able to practice meditation, how to tap into and recognize the spirit that indwells us and how to recognize the own thoughts that run rampant through our minds. If we haven't exercised that, then when we hit a crisis point, or we hit a major life decision, or something changes and it becomes a rough day, it, it's easy for us to get carried away with what is going on around us and we kind of lose our footing mm. and we can get swept along. Whereas if we've stopped and exercised our brain when we are doing well, then when those hard times come, it's a lot easier for us to stay grounded in our faith and in scripture and in what God has taught us to be true and good. Is that... It is, yeah. I mean, that's like the Dalai Lama, for example, talks about meditation as mental immunity. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really good... Even though we wouldn't agree with the Dalai Lama on a lot of things, I think he's right in this sense of when you're healthy and you get sick, you feel the effects a little bit, right? 
but your body has immunity and those white blood cells and your body basically fights it off, right? So you're healthy. But what happens, like so many of our grandparents, for example, I know, when they started to get really older and their body wasn't fighting things off as quickly, they, they get sick and they don't recover as quickly like that we do. Their body doesn't fight it off as quickly. Mm-hmm. Or someone who already has like an autoimmune disease and then gets sick, their body can't fight it off as quick. Or if we have a flu and then we get something else on top of it, our body can't fight it all off, right? And so part of staying healthy and like going for a run, lifting weights, eating healthy, is we create an environment in our physical body to fight off physical disease and illness. Mm -hmm. And there's a sense in which meditation is a spiritual, mental, and really physical practice as well, which we'll get into over time, that builds immunity for suffering in life, for those difficult questions that come up. It builds immunity to the temptations that come, the thoughts that want to, you know, someone makes us mad and our anger wants to just explode. Um, It's sort of a working out of the spirit and the mind to to go through life with wisdom. Mm -hmm. And before we get too much further into this episode, I do want to take a moment just to point out that today's episode, we're really trying to, we're about to dig into what the biblical foundations are for meditation, even more so. And the how to meditate is going to come. Yes. And we have a lot of planned content for that. So if <laughs> you're sitting here on that. and by the end of today you're feeling excited to start meditating, there are some fantastic resources and we will be releasing a lot more very of soon. how to do this <laughs> because we've, we think it is a very important spiritual discipline to engage in your, in your everyday life. And one of the things that I think is also worth mentioning right here is that there are many different ways to do meditation. And one thing that I really appreciated is, you're going to hear me quote her a lot because I really value her work, but Ruth Haley Barton, she talks about how all the spiritual disciplines can be practiced and engaged in such a variety of creative, different ways. And many of them morph and bleed into one another. So hardly ever are you going to be able to do one discipline just purely by itself without something else. So for example, even in her book that we will reference in the show notes because it is a very worthy read, in her chapter on solitude is actually when she starts tapping into meditation. And she essentially says that it's a place for the soul to come out. Parker Palmer talks about how the soul is a wild animal. And he Mm. said the soul is like a wild animal in the forest. And if we just are trampling about the forest and making (laughs) tons of noise and just going on our way, we aren't going to see them. That animal is going to hide, take shelter, run away. And he says, but if we can picture the soul like a wild animal, when we go into the woods and we sit and we still ourselves and we allow for there to be quiet, that animal will creep out of hiding. And it may take some time, Mm. but eventually we will be able to meet and engage that spirit and that soul that's within us. Yeah, that's that's like what our brain is. Is yeah, I, one med- I think it was from um, Headspace, which is an app that teaches about meditation, and they were talking about how our brain is like a wild horse. And if you try and if you try and take a wild horse and just tame it by putting a, a rope around its neck and dragging it home, it's gonna kick, and you know <laughs> someone's gonna get hurt, right? Yeah. It's gonna stay a wild horse. So what you do is you put it on a wide 
loop. You might put the thing on, you know, you might put a rope on its neck, but you give it a lot of space to run. And each day you sort of pull it in a little bit and you start to rein that in, right? Again, and training and exercising. <laughs> exactly, training and exercising. And that's why so many of the physical practices have this important physical dimension to it, that we aren't just brains on sticks, right? As we talked mm-hmm. about in spiritual disciplines, that right. we actually have to account for these other components. And so meditation helps us to sort of start reining in so we can, as Paul said, take captive our thoughts and Paul talks about submitting his body right like getting it in order Um, and so that kind of helps us to take control of our thoughts and our feelings and connect deeply with God I mean I think this is what Jesus was doing in the wilderness So when you look at the Gospels, right after the Holy Spirit descends on him, he goes to the desert, which again, not a coincidence that this happens right after the Holy Spirit descends upon him. That happens in Matthew 4, Luke 4, and Mark 1, I believe, that Jesus goes out to the desert for 40 days. And it's like, what was he doing out there for 40 days, right? I mean, we know he was fasting, but was he just talking to God the whole time? No, I think a lot of it was sitting, being aware of, the Holy Spirit is now indwelt me. What does this look like? How do I hear from that spirit? Because Jesus so frequently in his ministry, like in John chapter 10, I and the Father are one. John chapter 5, he, that Jesus says he does what he sees the Father doing. John 14, I am in the Father, the Father's in me. John 6, I do the will of him who sent me. Over and over, Jesus is clearly deeply tied into God. Mm-hmm. Yet we know he faced temptation. It's easy sometimes to think like, oh, Jesus' life was easy. He was God, so he never would have made a mistake. But no, Jesus faced the same issue of his body and mind wanting to take him to other places. But it was because he was in touch with the Spirit and he was in touch with knowing that. Because then the devil, Satan, tempts him, right? And Jesus is able to say, no, I don't need to listen to you. I can trust God. I can trust the deeper place within me. And so I think part of what Jesus was doing out in the wilderness was meditating, He was listening. He was getting in touch with the Holy Spirit. He was listening for the voice of God. He was allowing the truth to seep in deep. He was becoming aware of himself. He was becoming aware of his own thoughts. He was taking them captive. So I think a lot of time in the wilderness, Jesus would have just been sitting still and silent. Some of the time, maybe he was talking to God, but a lot of it was he was seeing what the Father was doing. He was listening. He was taking control of this new life. One thing that I have thought is interesting, too, is when we look at the life of Jesus, Scripture doesn't actually come out and tell us that Jesus meditates. But we do have a lot of Scripture from the Old Testament, which is the setting up the framework, the Jewish lifestyle that Jesus Christ himself lived out, as well as the, uh, the letters, the epistles from Paul yeah. that come afterwards, and both heavily referenced meditation. So I think maybe if we could take some time and dive into those, I think that'll help build a case too for why we would think that. And one of the places I was hoping we could start talking would be about the Jewish lifestyle and what they valued. Because when you look at Jesus, what we have to remember is he was a Jewish rabbi to the people. Which just means a teacher. Right, it means a teacher. So him having disciples, traveling, teaching, uh, engaging in discussions and debates with other religious leaders, that was all very typical yeah. of rabbis in his day. So 
one of the things I have thought to be interesting is with the Old Testament full of meditation references, as well as the post-gospel books of the Bible talking about meditation, um, in the Gospels, a lot of times what they're highlighting are the things Jesus is doing differently than yeah. the other religious leaders. And we know from the Old Testament that the other Jewish rabbis would have been engaged in meditation because it is taught to them as something to do. So even if you look at the book of Psalms, Psalm 1, King David says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Mm. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. What Whatever he does prospers and in that passage just right there in the very first part of the book of Psalms first right away David is telling us the action of a person who's going to bear fruit who's going to impact in this Jewish faith is someone who meditates on God's law day and night and so then we know especially knowing the characters of the Pharisees and the other religious leaders in Jesus day that this command, this this manifest to go and be someone who would meditate day and night on the law of the Lord is going to be central. They're not going to fail to practice this. And therefore, what we can then take one step further is if Jesus were to step out and say, hey, 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 don't meditate, we would have heard about it. Because everything he did that was in opposition to how the Jewish people regarded their everyday life and practices is documented for us. And that's what we get in all of these discussions and debates when he's telling parables and pointing stories out. And I think for me, that's one of, um, one of the more compelling reasons to begin to investigate meditation is because we see that it, it is central to our faith. This isn't something coming from a tradition that is not grounded in our scriptures. This is something as a believer of Christ that we can be reassured doing meditation despite, you know, whatever um, well, people history have, or background yeah. you might have heard about it. Right. There, there's a strong tradition for meditation in our own very scriptures and in the life of Christ. Even all the way back to the book of Joshua, chapter 1, it has a very similar phrase about meditating on his law day and night. And it's basically saying this ought to penetrate every part of your life, mm -hmm. that it's to soak into every part. And I mean, I think this is part of in the Old Testament so frequently people are having visions, right? They're hearing from God. I mean, even John in the book of Revelation is like, I had a vision where I just mm -hmm. saw from God. I mean, these were people who were clearly setting aside time to listen, to be mm -hmm. present to themselves because God is in the present. We are in the present. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about it, it's like we, the past is gone. We can't go there. The future doesn't exist. We literally only have this present moment. And so meditating on his law means in this moment, allowing that to soak and seep deep into who you are. And that takes listening. I mean, I love studying scripture and dissecting it, but there's something to the, the, the opening myself to just listen to what God is saying in mm -hmm. prayer and in scripture and allowing that to just become a part of who I am. Like Ezekiel, when it says to eat the scroll, right? It, he literally takes it into himself, that word from God, mm -hmm. and it becomes a part of him. And so meditation is, is 
helping and allowing that. It's a posture of submission and openness to God. I mean, that's really what meditation is, is coming before God and saying, God, here I am. I am going to listen now. I'm going to be present. The Holy Spirit is in me and it can get blocked out by my thoughts, Mm -hmm. by my crazy life, by my technology, by my work, by my bills, by my illness, by my relationships. But I'm intentionally going to become open right now to what you have to say. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, we start to pay attention to our own thoughts too. I mean, meditation doesn't have to be, I'm going to specifically think about a specific verse from scripture. We're going to talk about that kind as well. But sometimes Mm -hmm. it's literally sitting with our breath, breathing in and out and recognizing that that's God sustaining you. Mm-hmm. There's something to sort of stepping back and being aware, okay, what are the thoughts that are coming up right now? Mm-hmm. Why is that the thought coming up? Because then as you're aware of that, when we don't meditate, those thoughts can just become a train that carries us off, right? Meditation right. though allows us to say, I'm going to be aware of what is my like subconscious almost bringing up right. to say, here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm thinking about. Here's what I have to do. Here's what I care about. Mm-hmm. Here's that person who made me mad. And we can sit back and become aware of it. And rather than just reacting and saying, well, that must be what I'm feeling. That's what I'm thinking. We sit back and we just pay attention to our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, then we can say, okay, now that I'm able to sit back, I'm in the moment, I've calmed, I'm listening. Now that anger at that coworker is coming up. Mm -hmm. Or that fear about that test I have to take tomorrow. Or that meeting I have or that bill I've got to pay. When we can sit and just listen for a second, we can now reflect on what is God saying into that Mm. space? Because when we don't stop, it just runs us and we just do it. A part of meditating on God's law day and night is what is God saying into your specific Mm. situation? But sometimes we're not even aware of it because we haven't slowed down long enough to pay attention to our body, to pay attention to where where do I have an ache? Where do I have a pain? What's out of joint? And this is what Paul means by taking it all captive of saying, you know what, I'm going to become aware of it and then I'm going to allow God to take it. Where's the Holy Spirit guiding me? That's why Jesus goes to the desert first. He's Mm -hmm. turning everything, all those thoughts, all those feelings, his own desires over to the Spirit So that the spirit can guide how he's going to respond, how he's going to answer, what he's going to live. And we see this then in his life, the fruit Mm. of Jesus. He must have meditated because the fruit is there. He is present to people. Well, and that fruit is something that, again, in the Old Testament is closely linked with the actual act of meditating. Yes. So again, that passage in Joshua that you were mentioning earlier, where it says, uh, Joshua 1 verse 8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. (laughs) It's, um, you know, from the very beginning as God's teaching here in Joshua, he's these are he's, the people just entering the land. This right. is the beginning of their he's relationship. His people. He's saying, <laughs> yeah. all right, I've set you apart. I've saved you from slavery. You are now going to become and be shaped into my people and my image. Right. Here we go. And again, this is the start of saying to bear fruit for the Lord, being able to pause and meditate on him and his law and his words is really helpful and one of my favorite exercises that i find very challenging um personally is that you know you can go ahead and give a try this week if you want to on your own is 
to read a passage of scripture and maybe not necessarily your favorite passage. Um, maybe even have someone else pick out a passage for you or, you know, um, but like six to eight verses and read it and think about what in there caused you to feel something. Mm-hmm. And usually for myself, I tend to feel what's positive first. And I'm like, oh, look, it's a blessing. <laughs> and then stay with it. Yeah. And what I have found to be true Listen is as I it. sit with scripture and every once in a while, if my mind starts to wander, I'll bring it back to that scripture. Maybe I'll reread it. And then I think sometimes stuff starts to come out that I wasn't expecting. And I start to have thoughts and sometimes I'll read a scripture verse and if I'm reading it just kind of academically like do 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 yeah 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 I know this I've heard this I know this I've heard this but when I make myself stop sometimes I start to feel uncomfortable and I think I kind of disagree here I don't want this to be true I'd prefer to just stay irritated at this person and stuff starts to surface and I think that is what God is getting at when he's telling us meditate day and night on what I teach because we are human and we sin and we aren't always living out the right ways and by bringing ourselves back to scripture allowing the space to let our souls come out of hiding to let the holy spirit work in us god can show things to us that we didn't even know we were struggling with because we kind of have that divided mentality of oh yeah 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 i know that i know that oh this is going on in my life and this is really hard and i'm irritated and grumpy about xyz And man, sometimes I have found that just sitting with scripture, not allowing myself to read on the way I typically would, or divert myself by going and reading a devotional instead. Or ignoring the feelings that come up. Or ignoring the feelings. Um, And like I said, sometimes I find I'll I'll start celebrating like, oh, it's saying I'm a blessing and like, this is so great. And then I start thinking, but do I do what they're saying makes you be blessed? And you start to question and you start to feel, and it can be unsettling. Um, at the same part, I think that's how, how I've started to feel more engagement with God's word than when I've read through perhaps more vigorously. Anyway, that's something I've enjoyed doing too. Absolutely. uh, It's a listening posture and it helps you become more present. And I mean, that's really the hope of in the coming episodes for months and years. I mean, I wish I could cram it all into this, right? But it would take many hours and days to talk about all of it. We're gonna talk about how to do all this breath meditation, listening, meditation for anxiety, meditation on scripture, you know, so many different ways. But all of them, the hope is that it helps us to become more present to the moment, Mm -hmm. present to ourselves, so that we are aware of what we're feeling and thinking and why. And it's not a selfishness to do that either. No, we would say, it, it, But we've, we have been told time and time again that if you don't learn what makes you tick, if you don't learn how God has created you, what your story is, your dreams, right. your history, your future, if you're not aware of that, you're acting out of scripts and dialogues that are impacting you. Right. And so it's not it's not a selfishness like hey sit there and think about what you want most. That's not no, what we're saying. No. But we're saying by sitting and meditating on scripture, you start to learn things about yourself. Right. And by learning those things and becoming aware of them, now you can decide to begin to act differently. It, it's going to make you more compassionate. It's going to make you more joyful and you're going to be more present to others. 
That's one of been one of the biggest changes I've seen in myself is my ability to be present to others. And we see this with Jesus, right? He feels that the woman touched his cloak in the crowd. He mm. sees Zacchaeus who's hiding up in mm. the tree. He hears the blind man calling out to him. Jesus is so present as a practice. Mm. It becomes a lifestyle yeah. of presence to himself, to God, and to others. So meditation then leads us out to live out of what God is doing in us, of hearing the Spirit. So the Spirit is guiding us. The Mm. Holy Spirit is guiding us in our life to love and serve and lead into the other disciplines, such as service and celebration, to care for the poor and the oppressed, to be compassionate. And so meditation is going to lead to the life that we see Christ living, of presence, of understanding, of compassion, of service, of sacrifice. It's going to lead to that. It's going to lead to a deeper connection to God, a deeper understanding of our own story, and it's going to help us take those thoughts captive so that we can live the life of Christ that we desire. Mm -hmm. And so what does the Bible have to say about meditation? It seems to have a lot to say, and it seems to be pretty central to growing in the life of the Holy Spirit, living out so that we are like a tree that is blooming by the side of the river, whose leaves never wither, who all they do prosper because it's a life lived out of the Holy Spirit that's in us. And so brothers and sisters, I am so (laughs) excited to explore all the aspects of meditation. Next week, we're going to jump into part two of what does the Bible say about. We will have a new practice that we'll be discussing and continue to explore how to make space for the Spirit. So, brothers and sisters, may you slow down. May you become present to yourself. May you open yourself to the presence of God, what God might be saying, what the Holy Spirit is saying in you. And through that, discover the life that God has for you through his Son and through the Holy Spirit. As always, you can find us at Rua Space on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube. You can find us at ruaspace.com. Subscribe for our newsletter. We would love a review. We would love for you to subscribe. We are greatly blessed by those things. And, in- and we would love to know what things we have shared with you today that have encouraged you gotten you excited what you're looking forward to learning about questions and as well as questions Mm -hmm. maybe there's something we touched on today and you're what you have a question about it and we love hearing from our listeners because that helps to guide for us what else we could talk about what else we could share with you and and teach you with and again i would really encourage you if you are excited about this study to subscribe to our email newsletter we only send you one email a week you won't be getting daily things from us we promise it's really manageable um but in that email we do have what new things have come out in the past week with the links so that you don't have to try to keep track of what comes out when because we do have so much content that we're excited to share with you so grace and peace <laughs>